And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Go, man. Tear it off, dude. You're listening to Here's the Catch with David Lombardi, Matt Barrows, and Dennis Brown on the Athletic Podcast Network. Well, at 5.59 p.m. local time, and by local time, I mean Arizona time, on Wednesday, the 49ers officially completed their move that's when they landed in phoenix they're still the san francisco 49ers by name but definitely not by location i guess technically they were already south of the city here for a few years but uh, now they're not even in the state they are in arizona they're going to be based in glendale which is about 17 miles west of downtown phoenix They'll have a setup there at the Renaissance Hotel along with practice fields just by State Farm Stadium where the Cardinals play. And if you go to Wikipedia now, Matt, uh, and check out State Farm Stadium, you know how they list the tenants on on the right side? Well, uh, (laughs) one of the tenants is the San Francisco 49ers right next to the Arizona Cardinals. So the move, uh, I guess it's not complete logistically, but the team is there on the ground in the desert. Well, it's not ideal, obviously, and and the 49ers have noted that you don't want to go on uh, an extended road trip like they're on right now during the holiday season away from your families. Having said that, however, I mean, if you're forced to go on the road, this is a pretty good setup that they have. As you noted, they're in the Renaissance Hotel, which is a, a very nice hotel. Uh, it's within walking distance of where they need to go every day, which is the, the practice fields around State Farm Stadium. And State Farm Stadium is a, uh, is a world-class stadium. I mean, they, they hold uh, you know championship games uh, for, for college football. They hold Super Bowls there. It's got multiple locker rooms. Um, it's got one of the better fields, playing surfaces in the league, according to uh, player polls. So, I mean, for a- an adopted home dentist, this is pretty good. Uh, what would it be like if, if you were in their shoes, if this was happening during your era and, and you had to go on the road for at least a couple of weeks, probably more, uh, during December, during the Christmas season. It would be fun. Let's look at the bigger picture. We're talking about this pandemic. People are losing their jobs, losing their businesses, losing their sanity. And, you know, these guys get to sit in a four-star hotel. They'll get catered meals and they still get the opportunity to work. It's a little weird, but, uh, you know, I can remember the times during the playoffs when we would go to Arizona because it was always so raining in the Bay Area. We would go to Arizona and spend two weeks there, and Arizona's a nice town. Even though these guys won't be going out to, uh, you know, out to the local clubs and, and things like that, but it's still, it's a, it's a, it's a nice place to do your work and it's three weeks it's in the it's during during the holiday season I think Kyle has said that if it comes down to it family will be able to come back but it's it's an opportunity to kind of kick your feet up rest up a little bit I like the idea a lot of people are kind of tripping out about it I, I kind of like it a little bit I think it gives you an opportunity you know you have a tough stretch these next football games now my question is 
you know, Arizona, was there nowhere in San Francisco? There's no place to house the 49ers for this three weeks and just, you know, find Kizar Stadium? Or is that just not possible? Technically, no. The 49ers, I think, were considering or at least crossed their mind a spot like Napa, where the Raiders uh, used to have training camp, right, by the Marriott Hotel, where they would be able to have practice fields and then have a hotel or, I I don't know, or commute. But they they essentially want it to be on location. And then they realize they're already playing their games in Arizona. They had already committed to that. Obviously, you can't play your games in Napa, can't play your games in Fresno or or wherever if you're already playing in Arizona. So what the calculus was is that they just wanted to get everything in the same spot. So say Kyle Shanahan didn't list specific places, but he said that everything that met our criteria for practice was about a two-hour or more drive away which would have meant that the 49ers would have to set up a whole different HQ out there or commute every day, right? And that would have been too far to commute every day. And then on top of that, fly down to Arizona for these games. They didn't have anything in the actual area because, hey, Santa Clara County has banned contact sports. So nothing within county would have worked. And then you start have to getting creative with Alameda County, with uh, you know San Francisco County, maybe. But according to Shanahan, nothing actually matched the specifications of what they wanted. Everything would have been a couple hours away. So that made me think maybe they looked at Napa, something like that, because that'd be about uh, two hours away. But at the end of the day, they said it's just easier to pack it all up, have it all within walking distance in Arizona. The Renaissance Hotel is adjacent to State Farm Stadium, and it's only a couple hundred yards away from the practice fields where the 49ers are going to be. So the Cardinals actually use those fields and that hotel for training camp. So they're just going to be replicating what the Cardinals do during training camp, except now it's not as hot in the desert, so they'll actually be able to use the outdoor practice fields. The Cardinals do most of their practices inside the stadium since it's like 120 degrees in uh, in August. So that's the conclusion they came up with, and I think they Matt, want to have a similar dynamic as Levi's, where they have everything in, in one spot, and then the games are also happening there. Yeah, I, I think one of the concerns was that they would pack up and move to, say, Alameda or or Napa County and then have those counties issue the same sort of directives that Santa Clara did. So Arizona was always going to be the contingency here. The two teams don't share any home dates. So that tells me that as far back as as April or whenever the schedule came out this year, they were thinking that if California, which, you know, is going to have more stringent rules than than other states, it's a more liberal state, comes up with, uh, you know, basically does what Santa Clara County did, ban football, the 49ers would pick up and move to Arizona, and that's exactly what happened. And, you know, it's basically like uh, a training camp in almost every way, except for the fact that it's now December and instead of August. But they're, they're picking up, their, their home base is going to be basically out of a hotel. That's what they do in Santa Clara in July and August for, for most of the players. They, they live out of the uh, Santa Clara Marriott there. Uh, they take little trams to and from headquarters. That's what the Cardinals did in, in August as well. So uh, basically it's packing on a week to something like uh, their trip to Bradenton, Florida last year or Youngstown State last year or West Virginia this year. It's It's the same thing, but with Probably it's going to be multiple weeks, but 
Uh, right now, it's uh, it's about 18 days that they'll be out there because they're going to tack on that, that trip to play the Cowboys on December 20 onto the end of this current sojourn. But I sort of agree with Dennis. I mean, there's been a lot of uh, moaning and groaning from you know Shanahan and from the players about it, but it's a pretty good deal. You know, it could be worse. I mean, uh, what was it? Uh, I forget who's, uh, I guess it's Stanford is traveling up and, and practicing in, in Washington. You know, the weather's not going to be as nice up there. So th- there were some alternatives that uh, would have been worse than heading to the lovely Sonoran Desert in December, which is a vacation destination at that point. Yeah. And, you know, like I said, it's it, it's going to be that camp mentality. And, you know, th- there's a lot to be said about that, the opportunity just to kind of focus on your football. And, yeah, you're going to get a lot of uh, distractions as far as your, your wife or your girlfriend calling you and talking about, you know, because you're going to be gone for three weeks. There's going to be a lot of things that you're responsible for that, that won't be there. And that other person kind of has to take on the whole thing. But um, every game that these guys play is super important. And just think, you know, if, if you're able to get to the point where you get to that Seattle game uh, and it's and the winner of that game uh, ends up in the playoffs and the 49ers might have an opportunity to actually knock off the Cardinals out of the playoff contention in their own home state, in their home stadium. So I think it's kind of cool. I mean, I, I've been involved with the 49ers. I know how they travel. It's not a rough travel, and I think it's a good time to just focus on football. Well, the biggest irony is what you just brought up, Dennis. The 49ers are being hosted by the Arizona Cardinals, and that's exactly the team they're trying to catch right now for the final playoff spot. And they're only a game back of the Cardinals, right? The Cardinals are 6-5, and five, 49ers are 5-6. and six. So, I mean, you, you flip one punt block in week one, and uh, it's the 49ers who are 6-5, and five, and the Cardinals who are 5-6, are and six, they do play on that December 26th. That's one of the many things that is still uncertain. How will the 49ers approach that game? Because they don't know what the edict in Santa Clara County is going to be at the time. As we speak, this contact sports ban expires on December 21st. But there is definitely a non-zero chance. And I think some would even say there's a very good chance that that ban is extended. So uh, it's very possible that the 49ers finish out this entire season based in Arizona. Kyle Shanahan knows that he's got players' wives, players' girlfriends, uh, coaches' wives, and uh, family members, and you know the players and coaches themselves wondering what's going to happen. People want some level of certainty, especially during the holiday seasons. Kyle Shanahan knows about as much as us about what's going to happen after December 21st, but he does have one promise, and he told this to the team, that they will not be apart from their families on Christmas. The organization will do whatever it takes, according to Kyle Shanahan, and and he said uh, Jed York, to make sure that, uh, you know, either the families are brought out to the desert in Arizona or the 49ers somehow make it back. And it probably makes more sense, Matt, if we're looking forward for the 49ers to just stay in Arizona through that Christmas holiday because that game is on the 26th and you're already going to be all set up there. And if you're just going to have to go back out to Arizona for the game, that's an added flight, extra travel. The 49ers will be in Dallas before. They can just fly back to Arizona, have the families come out and meet them, play that game. And then by that point, that you know the contact sports ban may be extended. So we may see 49ers Seahawks week 17 in State Farm Stadium, of all places. It's just really weird, but I think that may be the way this all shakes out. Yeah, so they they would spend Christmas and New Year's in, in Arizona as well. And then 
obviously uh, come back after after the season, um, uh, unless they're in the playoffs. <laughs> and that sort of creates its own sort of uh, uh, kink there. I mean, what, what happens if both the Cardinals and the 49ers make the playoffs and, and this ban is still uh, in, in full swing? And, and it could be. I mean, the, the ban ostensibly is based on uh, the availability of, of hospital beds. So if that doesn't go down in Santa Clara County, um, you know, th- this, this is going to continue on and on. So, um, you know, it's, uh, I think it's a, uh, they'll cross that bridge when they get to it. But there are, there are all sorts of ironies here. And, and Dennis pointed out one of them. It's that if this uh, season goes to, you know, the full 17 weeks like it's scheduled, there will be seven teams per conference that make the playoffs. Right now, the Cardinals are in that seventh spot. And the 49ers are just one game behind the Cardinals. So the 49ers and their, their stepbrothers, the, the Cardinals, are uh, essentially duking it out for the same spot. The other irony is that uh, they're going to be in going from Santa Clara County to Maricopa County. And Maricopa County has a higher COVID rate than Santa Clara County does, uh, or at least in the, in the last two weeks. Uh, ramping up faster than Santa Clara County is. And like I said, I think it has to do with hospital bed availability. And uh, I, I don't know what it is in uh, Maricopa County, but in Santa Clara County, it's starting to reach a rate where the officials there are concerned, hence the ban. Now, convincing the 49ers that they are part of, you know, the uh, you know, uh, the infection rate and, you know, getting people sick is, is difficult. And I think they've got a point. I don't think there's been any real, um, cases of a players contracting it from each other on the field or b them sort of, contra- uh, giving it to the, the general public. They are tested every day and they have all sorts of parameters in place to make sure that, uh, it doesn't spread, but those are the rules. This is the situation, but it, it, it is odd, uh, unprecedented in so many ways, including the fact that, that both of these teams are still in the playoff hunt and they're basically uh, competing for the same spot. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. 
As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. I was just trying to picture this Seahawks game, you know, played on the road, you know, another stadium, which is is truly becoming your rivalry. And it, it could be one of your, your your biggest games, and and that's just that's just the way this year has been. And and you were talking about you know the beds in Santa Clara County and the emergency and and, and how this pandemic has kind of hit uh, Santa Clara County. And at the same time, you think about the stadium. I mean, even though there's no fans, just think about how many people are in that stadium that don't get tested every single day. I mean, it's got to be. I, I look at the security people. I look at. You know, all the media people, the camera people walking. It's probably another thousand people walking around that stadium. Yes, we, you know, we, we do the social distancing and the mask, but still, that's a high risk right there. I mean, just people outside of the bubble. And it makes me wonder, will there be a bubble when they're there? I mean, are you hotel practice and back to your room? Is that it? If the families come, I mean, you know, that's coming in outside your pod after you get off airplanes and airports. So that's just the way this year has gone and a lot of moaning and groaning, but it's, it's the rule. And in the big picture football, if football goes away, you know, the world's going to keep going and we're still going to be in this pandemic until we can actually find a cure for it. It's a COVID pivot. I call it the COVID pivot. I mean, you have to be able, and I think the 49ers are going to do it. NFL has done it. Whatever it is, we saw what the Denver Broncos had to deal with. The NFL is going to tank through it and it's going to be Super Bowl is going to be at the same time because it's all about the almighty dollar. But, you know, these guys really, you know, have to protect themselves and their family because, you know, we're out here. And once you get outside the bubble, you don't know what's going to happen. So I hope that they're going to be in a secure bubble and, you know, the the rates are higher in Arizona um, and just stay safe. Well, it's interesting because when Kyle Shanahan first talked about it, he said that it wouldn't be a strict bubble, but there would be team policies that made it like a bubble within the hotel. And I'll explain. Kyle Shanahan, he says, first of all, that he wants to use a week to to wait and see, to feel out how everything's going to be in Arizona. But when he spoke about this on Tuesday, he said that uh, if players had family in Arizona living there, they could live with family or they could even rent their own apartment if they so wanted and they could move their family down there. But hey, that's exactly what they're doing in Santa Clara, right? If you have an apartment with a family, Kyle Shanahan said, as long as you drive straight to work and straight back, then I can handle that. Now, he wasn't fully committed to that. He said, first, I want to play Buffalo, then we'll see. So I think he's prodding, encouraging players, stay within the hotel for the first week, 
then if this is going to be a longer term thing, you like an apartment, you want your family down here, you can live like you do back home. I don't know if he's going to change that because he also he has changed one policy within the team, and that's the gathering in the hotel. Players will no longer be allowed to gather at at all in the hotel. It, apparently, they they were allowed to, or maybe they they broke some team policy after the New Orleans game. But Kyle Shanahan said that at least a couple of all those COVID nineteen reserve list additions came because players were hanging out. For thirty nine for thirty minutes after dinner in a hotel after the New Orleans game, and he said there's not going to be any more of that. There are no tables at dinner. You guys will come down to the buffet, get their food, and then go back up to their rooms. So he said this is no team bonding event. This is everybody's in the hotel separated from each other. So I don't know, Matt. It, it sounds like he is considering multiple different approaches. It doesn't sound like a strict bubble, but it, in some instances, it does sound stricter than. It was before, right? So we'll see how the 49ers play this. Well, you would assume that most of these guys have no social circles in Arizona. So you would well, think that the risk that. is lower. Just kind of <laughs> you never know. <laughs> That's true. That's true. But you, you would assume that they would have more, though, in the Bay Area. But, uh, I mean, uh, these are these are 20-something uh, young men uh, at the uh, – in, in peak shape. So they're probably not going to be watching Masterpiece Theater every night <laughs> on PBS, uh, I, I would imagine. I got to think that there's some big time video game tournaments and things like that. They get their competitive juices uh, going some one way or another while they're kind of cooped up in this hotel. Uh, one more irony that I thought of is that the, the Buffalo Bills now are heading to Arizona, obviously, instead of Santa Clara. So it's basically the same for them, except... They were just in Arizona, and that was basically the they're returning to the scene of the crime that Kyler Murray heaved in the end zone to DeAndre Hopkins. So you know, there's going to be some bad memories for them coming back to Arizona, but uh, I'm sure for the most part it's sort of you know it's the same. It's a, it's a grass field. Nobody's going to be in the stands. All of these road games, I, w- I would imagine, are, are kind of like Groundhog Day for these teams. It's really. Not a lot of nuance to these places other than the the playing surface. And I guess that that could become an issue. You know, the Cardinals are going to play on Sunday, and then the 49ers are playing on Monday. So that that field, Dennis, will be a little bit chewed up for this game. But otherwise, um, you know, from a you know, go-to-the-game-and-play standpoint, it's not all that different than a 49ers home game. I mean, you're not going to get the benefit of a home crowd there's not going to be anybody in the stadium besides a smattering maybe of uh, friends and family, but uh, we're talking less than 100 people. Yeah, and, and that's one thing about, about football. As long as you have the same routine, and I'm sure the coaching staff will do that, long as there's no big drastic changes in the workouts, the practice, the, the meeting time, your time off, it's, it's easy to play this game. It's not rocket science. You get on the field you know what you kind of have to do. And that's the good thing about this. And this is when I say this is good for them. I think it's an advantage 49ers because now you don't have the distractions. This may sound funny, but you don't have the distractions of a girlfriend, a wife, or a family at home. You're focused on football and it's like training camp. And you can get a lot of rest. You can kick your feet up. You said, you know, the video games, you can watch movies, just sitting up in the room, ordering room service. You get a lot of rest that way and you recover a whole lot faster. The football part's easy. All you need is, you know, when when's the first bus leaving? What buses am I I'm get I'm getting on? 
When's the team meal? When do we start taping? And what time does the game start? When's warm-ups? When does the game start? After you get to the stadium, get into football, it just it, it's just something you do because you are a professional football player. They're there today. They'll practice there all week. And they'll play on Monday night. Long as the routine stays pretty much the same. It's a different environment, different locker room, different field or whatever. But once the game starts, it's just football. It'll be football against the Bills on Monday night. That's the 8-3 and three Bills. So the 49ers are still in a situation where they're playing a team that's better than them on paper, or at least has performed better than them on paper this season. Uh, however, it didn't seem to matter to the 49ers. Their last time out, they beat the Rams. They swept the Rams this season. And, you know, if we're talking about uh, how a team really stacks up on paper, the Bills might be worse than the Rams. The defense certainly is. They probably have a better quarterback or at least a quarterback with more upside and Josh Allen. So it's going to be a challenge again for the 49ers because they're still playing with their backup quarterback, Nick Mullins, although they are getting healthier. There's nobody left on the COVID list. Brandon Ayuk came off of that list for the 49ers on Wednesday. That means that they're going to have the full wideout core. They'll be without Garoppolo, obviously, and also still without George Kittle. Right now, the team is targeting to have those two guys back in week 16 and 17, Arizona and Seattle, final two games of the season. That means that they have to build a bridge to them, Matt. They have to figure out a way to win now, even though they're still shorthanded. We know that this Buffalo team can make noise on both sides of the ball, but we also know that uh, this Buffalo team probably isn't too happy to have to be coming back to State Farm Stadium. They just lost there on a Hail Mary (laughs) against the Cardinals from Kyler Murray to uh, DeAndre Hopkins just a couple weeks ago. So uh, the 49ers have that too over the Bills here coming up on Monday night. I think on paper this plays out as another very close game because you have the 49ers, you know, all the rankings, all the stats – they don't account for the fact that they've been playing so injured, and now the 49ers are at the healthiest they've been in a really, really long time. So that's why you have to like, I think, uh, their chances to at least keep this close and give themselves another shot at the end. That's exactly what they did against the Rams. Yeah, and I think uh, Kyle Shanahan's going to have this team motivated. He's going to kind of use all that resentment that, you know, of all the teams in the league, we're the one that gets booted out of their, their home headquarters, their home stadium, you know, we've been the most injured team, and yet we're still in it. Any head coach is going to use that us-against-the-world theme, and uh, I'm, I'm sure Shanahan is going to touch on that when they have their first team meeting of the week Thursday morning. But, uh, yeah, I agree with you. I mean, um, you know, not only did they beat the Rams, but they probably should have beaten or at least should have been in position to beat the Saints too. They were taking it to the Saints on the, on the Saints' home field early in that game and uh, I expect them to have the same fight against the Bills and when you have that fight and and Dennis will probably corroborate this when you have that uh, that feistiness and you're the more aggressive team you're you're always going to be in the game Uh, you're always going to be able to to make it close so I agree I mean uh, the Bills are probably the more talented team I think Josh Allen is the type of quarterback that has given them fits given Basically, every defense in the league fits because he can scramble, he can keep plays alive, and he's got a really terrific arm. So he's a lot like Kyler Murray and uh, Russell Wilson in that regard. If you don't get him down on your first attempt, then he's probably going to burn you deep. And he's got some talented receivers, too. Stephon Diggs is 
his favorite target, and uh, we all know what he can do, especially out of the slot and things like that. So there'll be uh, there'll be tests for sure, but uh, I think that this 49ers team, you know, they're going to be some guys who are, are fresh. Brandon Ayuk, for example, it's the second time in, in two weeks that the 49ers have had a bit of a, a long week to prepare for this. So they should be the team that comes out with better, better energy in this game, and uh, they, they need to get on top of the Bills early, I think, in order to uh, to win it. I love the underdog thing. I love being the underdog. And I think when you look at this, especially on the defensive line part of the team, you know, we talk, we've been talking all year about no Bosa, uh, no D4, there's no pass rush. I think these guys have kind of got a little chip on their shoulder. And you watch the way they played the last two weeks. Kevin Givens and, and you know, DJ Jones didn't play last week, but he, he should be back in the lineup. Uh, the way Ken Law's playing and, and Kerry Hyder Jr., I think they've kind of taken it on themselves. Hearing all the media saying that you know, that defense is, is not as good as it was last year and you can't pressure the quarterback, you can't defend the run. I think they've kind of taken it on their shoulder a little bit and they've gotten better. I think last week we saw that front four really get after the quarterback last week. And like you said, I think they should have won the Saints game. I think it was just a missed opportunity. Knock out a Hall of Fame quarterback and, and you still can't get it done. It was just missed opportunities and your special teams didn't help you. So I think with the energy they're going to get back on the offensive side, I can see the points on the board. Uh, on the defensive side, though, you've got a young quarterback. He's a good quarterback, mobile quarterback, strong arm, but he's still young. And I think this is when you see some experience, some of that veteran leadership, Richard Sherman, you know, disguising like he did last week, bait him in throwing some interceptions. And then up front, you just get after him. Second-year quarterback puts some hits on him. He wants to run the ball. He wants to be a running back. Put some hits on him. And that always uh, takes a young quarterback out of his game. You just got to pass rush him. He's a mobile guy, but you got to get him on the ground. But you just pass rush him. You contain him. And you get some hits on him. When you look at Buffalo, they weren't playing great defense to start the season. And this was a defense that was coming off two good years, right? But they've turned it on a little bit. Now, the problem is they haven't played their best competition as of late. I think some of the stats are buoyed by the fact they got to play the Jets recently, for example. Uh, but the pass defense has gotten better for the Bills after it was really bad at the start of the year. When I really delve into the numbers and I'm starting to watch some tape, there's a lot of explosive runs against Buffalo. And, you know, that's one thing I notice. And then I go to the explosive run allowance stats. They're like number 29 in the league. They give up big chunks of yardage on the ground which I think plays right into the 49ers hands I mean this is a team with a backup quarterback so you know it's going to be run first as as it was against the Rams and then you know Matt had a great point Brandon Ayuk's going to be fresh guess who looked really fresh against the Rams it was the guy who had been out for a while it was Debo Samuel I mean I had never seen him moving that explosively so you have to figure that you're going to have a great lateral run attack with Debo Samuel and Ayuk at your disposal if you're Kyle Shanahan. And then Raheem Mostert is still relatively fresh, plus Jeff Wilson, you know, plus a lot of uh, other talent that could run the ball. The big, you know, piece missing in the run game is George Kittle because he's such a good blocker. He takes a few handoffs himself. But there's a lot here for Kyle Shanahan to be creative with. And Buffalo looks vulnerable enough to me in run defense that I think the 49ers, the ability to play complementary football, hog the ball, keep the defense off the field, uh, is going to be there in this game if they execute on offense. And that's something that I think uh, has to be making Kyle Shanahan salivate right now. Yeah, I think that's where the opportunity lies in this game. I mean, uh, we're into De December now. 
The Bills are on a long road trip. This is when defenses start getting a little bit tired. I mean, we saw that with the 49ers last year. They had a, a bit of a lapse in, in early December before getting it back together for the, the playoff run. But um, you're right. I mean, uh, explosive runs, um, the 49ers' strength on on offense seems to match up really well for them with the, the Bills' uh, weakness on defense. And, uh, you know, I, I wonder whether Tevin Coleman is going to be back for this game. Um, if so, you know, the 49ers would have their full complement of running backs for the first time since week one. Here, here's a stat that uh, I guess isn't surprising, but I, I think it's important. Um, you know, Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel, and Raheem Mostert, arguably the, you know, aside from George Kittle, the, the biggest playmakers, the, the fastest guys on this offense. If they're all on the field on Sunday, which is what's expected, it's only the third time this year that that's happened. And, uh, you know, a couple of those other times, uh, other guys were just getting back from from injuries. And I know that, that, that COVID hits people in different ways, and I'm not uh, certain how Brandon Ayuk uh, was, uh, was struck by it, stricken by it. Uh, but um, some of these other guys seem to come back okay from, from their bouts with it. And uh, so my point is that, Ayuk wasn't dealing with a knee injury or a high ankle sprain or anything like that. So, you know, physically, um, he's going to be in good shape. Yeah, this, this could be a fresh team. I mean, this could be, you know, a vintage Shanahan game where they're, they're running the ball to the sidelines and uh, using that speed. And uh, for as much tape as there is on Raheem Mostert, you still see defenses getting boggled by how how smooth and how fast he is, just taking bad angles on some of those outside runs. So a couple of those outside runs, I mean, uh, we, we've seen it. We've seen it from uh, AFC East teams that, uh, you know, uh, Mostert can turn a, a 10-yard game into an 80-yard game very quickly. So those are the, the types of things that I think the 49ers are going to need, Dennis, uh, to win this game. Yeah, and what a difference. You look at the run game, it was pretty much non-existent when, when Raheem was was out injured. And last week, you saw it again. I mean, he only had about 40, 50 yards, but still, you, you kind of saw defenses kind of run into the sidelines trying to, trying to beat him to an angle, trying to get to that corner, set a hard edge. But he's so fast. And what he does is he gets defensive linemen, linebackers, run into the sidelines. And that's what a Kyle Shanahan offense is about. Get you running to the sidelines and then the, the cutback lanes open up in the back door. And David, you're talking about missing George Kittle and his blocking. But I looked at Ross Dwelly. He had a block, I think it was in the fourth quarter before to set up the, the final field goal. He hit Aaron Donald and he knocked him down. So, you know, I think he's a good addition. He's, he's learning. He wasn't the best of blockers last season, but he's getting to become a better blocker because he knows he kind of has to. But, you know, that perimeter run game, I mean, just, just getting the ball to Ayuk or, or Debo on the perimeter, it just helps out the run game so much. And we saw last week, even though Ayuk wasn't there, you still kind of saw you know, that vision, that Kyle Shanahan vision is just attacking the perimeter in those yak yards. So having them both on the field, I'm excited for this game. I, I think I think coming in, you know, being on the road, being rested, and then Buffalo coming back, getting back on the airplane, coming back to the desert, 
and and then the 49ers being the underdogs. I, I'm excited about this game. I think I think the 49ers have, have a good showing Monday night. Yeah, I mean it's a perfect segue into the predictions here. Uh, I I agree with you know what you're saying about optimism surrounding the 49ers' chances in this game. Mainly because they, I think they built the hardest part of the bridge in beating the Rams. I mean, that was that's a balanced Rams team that the 49ers defeated. That's a team that had been producing efficiently on both sides of the ball. I remember the Rams were coming off of a a, a resounding win there over over Tampa Bay. They played really well on the road. Monday Night Football, uh, they did some good stuff. Now this Bills team is has been excellent against the NFC West so far this year beat the Rams and jump out to a big lead against them earlier in the season then you had them beat the Seahawks and the only loss against the NFC West for the Bills was on a Hail Mary they would have beaten the Cardinals too had there not been those heroics at the end of the game so this is obviously a tough team that the 49ers are playing but I I do think that the ma- even if the Bills are arguably better than the Rams because they beat the Rams, I do think the matchup because of the run game matchup that I mentioned favors the 49ers a little bit uh, more than than it did, for example, last week against the Rams. So I think that the 49ers find a way to get into the mid 20s in this game. Um, maybe it's only 24. I don't know, but I still think that they only hold the the Bills to 23. I picked 24-23 Rams last week. I I knew the 49ers would keep it close. I didn't think they had quite enough. I was wrong. Um they did have enough and I think that this week it's the opposite. I think the 49ers will have just enough to beat the Bills 24-23. Well, I wish I shared your your optimism. I I think Josh Allen is I mean it surprised me. I, I remember that that draft cycle and not really paying a lot of attention to, to Josh Allen. I, I didn't think he was going to be very good. And it turns out that, that he and uh, Lamar Jackson are the, the, the two best quarterbacks of that class. The 49ers already played one of them and Sam Darnold. Uh, Josh Rosen is, uh, I don't even know where he is these days. <laughs> He's not a factor. Uh, but uh, Josh Allen has been very impressive. And like I said earlier, he's the type of quarterback that can really hurt a defense. Um, the question would be, are the 49ers sort of catching? It's, it's all about timing. Um, you know, the, the way the Falcons caught the, the 49ers uh, late last season, the Falcons were not a better team than San Francisco. They just happened to catch them at the right time. And so that's the question with the 49ers and the Bills. Are the 49ers catching the Bills at the right time in the right place? I agree with you that it's going to keep the, the game really close. Um, you know, I, I'm looking at the stats and the record. Uh, the, the Bills have lost three games. You mentioned the the Hail Mary to DeAndre Hopkins. They've also lost to the Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs and the Tennessee Titans. So, I mean, th- th- those are not shameful losses, uh, which means that uh, the Bills have been taking care of business. They've been beating the teams that they should beat. And, and the 49ers, unfortunately for them, fall into that category. So I'm going to go with... Uh, I'll say 27-24 Buffalo. I'm going to say this. You see a a young quarterback. I see a defensive line getting after a young quarterback. I see a lot of turnovers. I see it like last week with Jared Goff. I, I see Richard Sherman having a big game. Uh, and I just see this defense setting the tone early, shutting down the run game. And I'm going to predict uh, 28-24 49ers. There you have it. If the 49ers win this game, it's on. I mean, the hype is going to be real. They're going to be 6-6. Six and six. They may or may not be you know, in the playoffs 
if the season ended then, depending on what, what happens to the Cardinals. But no, probably not. The Cardinals have a tiebreaker over them. But it doesn't matter. Tiebreakers don't come into effect till Week 17. But either way, if the 49ers win, they're right there, essentially controlling their own destiny, at, you know, because they play the Cardinals and there's still so much that can happen. And just from a psychological standpoint, they will have gotten by that final really tough team on their schedule before week 16 and 17 when Garoppolo and Kittle may be back because Washington and Dallas are definitely slightly lower rung teams, at least slightly, uh, than than teams like the Rams and the Bills. So it just, from a standing standpoint and from a psychological standpoint, this is such a hinge point game. And the last week was too. Niners already got past that one. So we'll see if they can do it again. And I do think it's going to be a really close one regardless. So it's going to come down to to making plays in crunch time. Anyway, uh, we will talk to you after the game on Monday night. So be sure to check it on Tuesday to listen to the podcast. And we'll see what happens. For Matt Barrows and Dennis Brown, this is David Lombardi. We'll talk to you guys next time.